I think that mindset thing is what people are a little bit missing. It's quite easy to go again to that default mode of, ah, it's easy, it's more comfortable to have a warm shower. It's kind of the least talked about. Like people are like always wondering like, what's the health benefit? But like getting your mind in, in uh, kind of getting into the zone or the flow state or whatever you want to call it, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing that many of us uh, have a hard time with sometimes. So uh, yeah, waking up in the morning and giving yourself that opportunity is like, it's a very powerful thing and it can set your day in like off in the right, on the right foot, so to say. Do you want to know what it is? Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body, Mind, Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Seamland, and our guest today is Lei Evin. Lei is a Wim Hof instructor, bulletproof coach, and breathwork specialist. Before we begin the conversation with Lei, I want to let you know that me and Lei are having an awesome biohacking bootcamp uh, this coming January in uh, 2020. And it's going to be a two-day experience with workshops, lectures, uh, cooking food, taking ice baths, taking a sauna, and yeah, me and Leia are going to share cutting-edge information about optimizing your health with uh, diet, uh, breathing, training, circadian rhythm optimization, sleep, and yeah, everything included. So yeah, definitely, if you're interested and you want to learn from me and Lei, then head over to seamland.co forward slash biohacking bootcamp, and you're going to find all the details from there. But for now, let's talk with Lei Evin. Lei, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, I'm uh, really glad to have you on the podcast uh, because, yeah, we've met face-to-face several times and uh, we've also done some workshops together. So I'm glad to have you on the show. Absolutely. And looking forward to the next one too. Yeah, yeah, like the Biohacking Bootcamp, which is going to be in January 2020. And the last time we did it, it was like last year, which was really awesome to do some ice swimming and taking saunas in the middle of the winter in Estonia so yeah it was a fun fun times and it's gonna be even better this time yep can't wait for that one mate (laughs) yeah so uh you're basically an Australian guy who lives in Finland so how did that happen (laughs) and can you tell us about like your background oh look the 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 short the short version of the story is uh came here for love and stayed for the weather you could say (laughs) (laughs) how many people can say that to the like the Finnish weather yeah, I think that's. I think every every foreigner's like that, aren't they? They they all come and stay for the weather. No. <laughs> so yeah, obviously there's, there's huge differences in the in the. Of course, the climate is different, but then also culturally, there's a lot of different things to get used to. But I met a I met a Finnish girl. Um, ended up in Finland because she's she you know she she's Finnish. We wanted to come back here and give it a give it a go, and I wanted to experience the culture. And after a short time, the whole relationship sort of uh, disintegrated. But I decided to stay and give it a go. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. Twelve years later, I'm still here, mate. It's possible mm. <laughs> to survive. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, how did you become like a Wim Hof instructor then? Well, as you can imagine, the well, I mean, you know, because you're 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 living over this way as well in this part of the world. But um, the winter time here. Uh, you could say that maybe eight or nine months of the year is what I would consider winter time temperatures back home in Australia. So there was a lot to get used to. And, um, I wasn't the kind of person, I, you know, I tried the old, I tried living 
inside my apartment, like a little bit like a bear hibernating and all that. <laughs> but I'm not the sort of person that wanted to watch everything pass by and, mm. um, you know, wait for something else to happen, wait for this summer that may or may not really come. So I kind of like forced myself to get out there and, um, you know, I tried cross country skiing and, uh, there were some nice parts about that, but that wasn't really for me in a way. And it wasn't until people started to invite me to the sauna, sauna, we say mm. sauna, but of course it's a Finnish word. It's the only Finnish word in the English dictionary. So it's pronounced sauna. Um, yeah, it wasn't until people started inviting me to hang out uh, in the sauna that I understood that there's always a body of water next to the sauna. And that means that the, these, these Finnish people want to get in the water, even if it's winter time, even when there's ice there, there's usually some sort of hole there and you can kind of jump in. And um, I didn't like it at the start and I kind of, I wanted to prove other people wrong. I wanted to prove that I can actually do that um, and not wimp out or anything like that. So I kind of uh, went down to the Baltic Sea, uh, started in October one year and I went, went there like just about every morning and sort of did some cold exposure until I understood uh, how to do that, made all kinds of mistakes, you know, panicked sometimes and all that kind of thing. But I actually found that it was a very, very, uh, it was like a meditation for me actually. And I really liked, I felt really good after it. So yeah, that's how I got, got really involved in it. And now it's sort of become much more popular with people like Wim Hof and many people in the sort of health and fitness industry that are, you know, they're kind of, uh, using cold exposure as a way to, uh, obviously, you know, fight mm -hmm. inflammation and things like that, but also recover from their workout and their kind of whatever, sport they're doing you see it a lot with the mixed martial arts and boxers yeah. and these kind of things so yeah, yeah. that's true yes it's uh, true in a sense that uh, currently in like the like the western countries or the more biohacking countries like the states or the united kingdom then the idea is that like wim hof kind of introduced the idea of taking ice baths and uh, that sort of thing but uh, people have been taking them in this part of the world, like the Finland, Russia and Estonia for like centuries and thousands of years already. So it's a part of the ethnic culture here, uh, whereas in the rest of the world, it's somewhat of a cool biohack or uh, something that is really cutting edge, whereas in reality, yeah. it's something like very traditional. Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, like you have it in your DNA and all these Finnish, Finnish guys here and Swedish and people in this part of the world. There's been different groups of people living here for, you know, centuries and centuries so and they've survived somehow so it's kind of part of the dna and yeah you know uh it's 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 really interesting now because as you said i think people like wim hof have made it more popular they've made it sort of i was going to say cool to do it but that would be a bad pun i suppose but they've made it more exciting to do the whole thing and they they bring this kind of uh, bravado and the sort of group tribal kind of aspect to it where you've got that support mechanism and it's not just somebody out there in the Baltic sea or a, a lake somewhere just doing it by themselves. It's kind of more fun and exciting thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can, can you talk about, you know, your training with Wim Hof because you, you've actually done a lot of training with him and you got your, you know, sort of certification from him. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean like, so, I don't know if everyone knows who Wim Hof is. Uh, so maybe just a slight intro would probably be okay. But, you know, he's a, I think he's, he's 60 years old now. He only just turned 60. Uh, this uh -huh. year. 
and he's still fit. He's very fit. He has huge calves. He's very, he has a, a, a his engine revs really <laughs> in the high rev range, you could say. So he's very uh, active guy, right. um, very motivating person. Um, and essentially he's an adventure athlete. I think they call him now. I think it was <laughs> daredevil before, but now I think with the science and the amount of study, hmm. Um, that they're doing on him and finding out from him. Um, he's now known as a sort of adventurer athlete. Wow. And um, yeah, you know, he, he found the cold for one reason or another. I'll give you, give you a short version of it, but he has uh, about 20, I think it's about 26 Guinness book of world records. And the majority of those have something to do with the cold and cold exposure. And some of those are, for example, he, he went, he climbed up Mount Kilimanjaro with just his shorts and a, a little hat on. And he did that in, uh, I think it was about two days or so with a group <laughs> of uh, people that he'd just trained as well. There's a nice book about that too. Uh, what doesn't kill us. It's called mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott Honey is the, is the shout out to him. Cause he's, that was a really, it was a breakthrough moment for him as well, because uh, actually that the author of that book was an investigative journalist and he wanted to go there and find out, whether what what was all this fuss about? Um, yeah. Who is this Dutch guy who's doing all these cold feats? And you know, he Wim stayed in a a tub of ice for one one hour and forty six minutes on live television. And mm. you know, they had his biometrics showing the whole way through, and his heart rate stayed pretty regular, and his temperature, his body temperature stayed pretty um, regular as well. So people were starting to figure out what what's going on with this guy. That's when the scientific world got involved, and they said, "Hey, what what's up with this guy? You know, mm. what's so special about him?" And um, you know, then of course a lot of a lot of media sort of caught on to the whole thing. But essentially, um, he's just a, he's just an amazing guy. He just believes in the the kind of like you. I mean, and people in the biohacking circles that believe in the the power of everyone has in this sort of untapped power that we sometimes allow our minds to convince us that we don't have, you know, or we're not as strong as we think we are. And somehow along the way that technology and these kind of the way that the world and the environment is for us with all, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that's happening, we kind of get a little bit disconnected from our bodies. We lose a little bit of the functionality and, or we get out of touch with what the bodies are capable of. And, sort of the cold and this breath work techniques, Wim, Wim has developed those in a way so people can kind of come back into the body, understand um, what they're capable of and then sort of, you know, like I said before, bring people together and have that team or tribe mentality to achieve more. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. That's what he's doing and that's how, that's how he's kind of doing it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh do you have uh, like any cool stories or good stories about your time when you were doing some training with him? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> which one, <laughs> which one to tell? <laughs> um, yeah. So there was, the, there was one time actually um, where we were talking about, uh, we were, it gets pretty deep with Wim because he, he, he's very spontaneous guy as well. So he's very open and he's quite there's no secrets for him. He's happy to tell stories of, of his 60 years of experience in this planet. And one of those was he was climbing up, I think it was somewhere in Czech Republic, I think. Uh, he was climbing up a waterfall. A fro- it was like a semi-frozen waterfall. 
and there was a, a group of people there watching him and he was he had his climbing gear on and stuff so he was hiking up there it was a bit of a a little bit maybe a publicity stunt kind of thing and so on and he was there with his uh, just again his shorts and some some maybe some shoes and stuff like that so he's climbing up there and then he kind of slipped on the rope mm-hmm. and he kind of got a little bit tangled in a certain way where this waterfall, the water was running down. It's very cold water, you know, running water is really, really cold. And you can imagine it's probably close to zero degrees temperature, the water. Um, And he remembers that he was stuck in this position where the water was literally running straight onto his back. And he said that, you know, after a few minutes, he would kind of like try to get out of the situation, but he, and eventually he was he started to get this really really intense pain in his in what he said was his one of his kidneys hmm. he said that it felt like one of his kidneys was shutting down like he was going through this kind of survival process hmm. like but he said okay you got two kidneys so one of we don't we can't supply blood and energy to one of them we're in like a crisis <laughs> crisis right now mm-hmm. and of course there's all this group of people watching him and uh, he didn't want to panic and, and, and he didn't want to like, you know, panic them or anything like that. So he came, kind of came to this solution or this conclusion almost that he's like, okay, well, if this is it, if I'm going to die right now, then that's how I'm going to go, you know? So I'm not going to scream and I'm not going to make a huge fuss. I'm just going to, that's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he tells a story like he um, kind of accepted the fact but only when he accepted the fact that he, he realized that he got out of this kind of really, you know, conceding mode or whatever. And he sort of got this power or this idea that he needed to breathe. He's just going to concentrate every, all energy that he has onto this, on, onto his back um, so that he can kind of heat himself up and, and this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of, he was describing this kind of thing. Like he felt like the, he, he describes death as like uh, the energy just leaves the building and goes to another place. It goes back into the power lines. And that's how he felt at that time. Mm-hmm. So he said, no, 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 don't shut the power, power lines down yet. I, I want to keep going. So he kind of ended up warming himself up. Uh, he did his breathing techniques and concentrated every, all of his energy. And he kind of felt like he warmed his, his kidney back up to the point where he could actually make one big move so he could untangle himself and then continue to climb. Mm-hmm. So, that was like one of these crazy, crazy uh, stories that he told. And his, his sort of summary of the thing was like, okay, well, that's it. If it's, if you, if it's your time, if it's your time, your time, you can't worry about it, you know? And mm. that was, that was a really, uh, he told me that story. And then actually to the rest of the, uh, the wood, you know, the people that were training there, because it was part of the certification, he wanted to tell that story on stage as well. Um, because it kind of maybe maybe he uh, it inspired him or he wanted to talk about that again, so it was kind of it was good. And he's and the other thing about that story was just prior to he and I talking, um, I was actually laying down on his couch next to his dog, Zena, uh, mm-hmm. and you know he he wakes up early. He was he was woken waking up at like maybe. 4 30 or 5 a.m or something so as you can imagine i got a few hours sleep maybe on that couch mm-hmm. and then the first thing i woke up to was wim uh whistling some sort of tune and making some tea in the morning and i was like okay this is a good opportunity to chat to wim wim hoff so we had a chat and 
actually I have a this kind of Pandora star, which is a stroboscopic lamp, which gives mm-hmm. you some kind of nice visuals and things like that. And uh, he had a he had a he had a session under there for about fifteen minutes, and he said, "Yeah, this is great. It's just like dying." <laughs> <laughs> He felt like that was just, it was just, yeah, it's like dying. I said, well, is that a good thing? And he said, well, yeah. And then that's when he told me the story about the waterfall. So it kind of all, mm. yeah, one flowed into another. But he's a, he's a really interesting guy. And right. by the way, the first time I climbed up the mountain, Mount Schnetzka with him, he was wearing um, a poncho, this funny little poncho thing. And then he had a, I guess it was like a, it looked like a giraffe a giraffe hat (laughs) so it was like a giraffe head that was on top of his head but then it had these kind of flappy things over his ears so he looked like he looks like a wild man you know and he (laughs) was a little bit like that too so but that's what makes him so fun yeah yeah that's definitely like uh the title of the daredevil holds true (laughs) yeah 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 he's not doing like uh, (laughs) i think the more that uh all the research and stuff is uh ongoing i mean he's trying to he's i think he's trying to get away from that kind of daredevil uh tag or something like that but he doesn't do himself any favors when he's up he's up (laughs) with the giraffe hat on and stuff like that just looks funny yeah it's true and the training must have been difficult in uh, a lot of the aspects of the cold and uh other other physical stressors so um what's what's like what's the reason or what are the benefits why would people want to do cold exposure and uh, that sort of thing yeah well the the well without doubt the best the best uh benefit you can get is that um you know we have this innate immune system and that basically means your white blood cells in the body and the way again the way that the world is and life is we're kind of constantly going through um, you know, blue light from our screen, um, you know, environmental factors, whether it's pollution, this, that, or the other, we're kind of accumulating all this stress. And that means that the white blood cells are kind of being produced all the time in sort of preparation for a crisis, you know, mm-hmm. build up so much over the course of the day, over, over a week, over a month. For some people, it can go on and on uh, until you get these kind of, nasty autoimmune issues which is essentially where the white blood cells are kind of attacking each other you know you can think of rheumatoid arthritis as one of those kind of examples and crohn's disease which is where the body uh, can't uh, process or digest certain proteins and things and what they found was that if you do this uh, cold exposure uh, for say a couple of minutes the amount of stress hormones so cortisol and norepinephrine uh these spike up obviously because it's kind of a sympathetic state you know your body gives you the energy you're in this fight or flight response and uh what happens is that that those spike in the uh, stress hormones sort of resets the white blood cell count which is quite quite valuable and quite important and the really good thing is if you kind of do one of these cold exposures uh, once every six to seven days, that will kind of keep uh, the white blood cell count in like regulated, you could say like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why people are starting to uh, pick up these weekly practices of the, you know, the ice bath or cold exposure or going to the Baltic Sea like myself and having a little dip in there. But it, has to, it, does, it does have to be over, for example, over 90 seconds and 
to make sure maybe two minutes would be a good a good time to do that. Mm. That's a that's a really good perk. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing finding, and then. Of course, there's another a number of other nice little benefits as well. And of, of course, you probably, I think you've been talking a lot about um, brown adipose tissue or brown fat for, for anyone who out there who knows the brown fat. Um, that was also a nice little finding as well, because obviously when you look at somebody like Wim, um, that's, it's one thing say, saying, okay, this guy is incredible. He can do all these amazing things, but is it just him? Or is he just sort of like, is it his DNA? Is it something that he's just, he's just the rest of us? Yeah. Is he superhuman or whatever? Um, or is there a way that sort of everyone can train uh, like in, and sort of like, you know, train and get ready for this sort of uh, these effects or uh, benefit from this. And of course, Wim's the one, he's the number one person saying he's not special. I'm not special. I'm not a special guy. Anyone can do this. He's saying, so he's kind of empowering people to get in, you know, getting in and amongst the cold. Um, and the more, you know, the crazy thing about the brown fat is that the more um, often and the longer you spend in the cold or having these cold exposure sessions, the more brown fat is actually produced in your body. Now, brown fat, it was only thought that uh, babies are actually producing brown fat uh, because when they're young, they're kind of born with brown fat because the nervous system's not fully developed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can't voluntarily move around or shake around. So they have these kind of nice little stores of brown fat, which are really, really good at seeking out sort of like this so-called white fat or stored fat inside the body and fat being a kind of fuel source for the body. Um, brown fat breaks down the white fat, produces energy, pr pr produces heat, mm -hmm. and uh, warms the baby up. And what they found with Wim was that he actually had an insane amount of this uh, brown fat in his body. And it was because uh, of the cold that the body starts producing this again. So it was kind of like, this kind of tells us and teaches us that um, the body actually knows what to do, you know, like we were saying at the start, I mean, people from this part of the world in Finland, uh, Estonia, Sweden, Nordics, um, you know, we are exposed to cold more often because it's a colder climate and therefore we have actually more brown fat that's naturally occurring than somebody in Australia or, or mm -hmm. in the sort of Southern hemisphere. And, and then the thing is that once we live in these comfort little comfort you know, little comfortable boxes, offices, uh, you know, you think of public transport's always about, you know, 25, 26 degrees, the supermarkets, uh, shopping centers, it's all controlled environments. And by kind of outsourcing that, we lose a little bit of the functionality. We need to kind of turn those little adaptations on or turn those little systems on in our body to keep them open and operating, you know? The uh, cold the, uh, also has like, some, uh, fast, some uh, fast similar, similar benefits similar as fasting, benefits like, fasting like, a like a prompt. Yeah, they um, tie in really um, nicely. All, all the, like, so, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, all the diets, <laughs> there's so many different diets nowadays, but especially people that are practicing sort of either one meal a day, uh, intermittent fasting or a ketogenic diet. Um, there's nothing really better uh, to burn through fat than to start the day with a cold shower. 
I mean, that's a really, that's like a like little turbocharger on your, your fat burning. If you wake up in the morning on, uh, in the midst of a fast and you go, you know, your metabolic rate increases. Um, you, obviously, when you're a bit cold, your, your body breaks down, burns energy, burns fat uh, as a way to heat itself back up. So it's like a really nice way of uh, burning, burning fat and, you know, it's, it's an easy way. You don't have to get to the, sometimes you don't even have to go to the treadmill. <laughs> so yeah. often, you know, the cold shower is good for that. And then of course, when you go outside, I think it's, uh, I believe it's your metabolic rate increases 350% once, once you're in an ice bath. So even a couple of minutes in an ice bath is like, you know, chewing through the fat in mm-hmm. no time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, you mentioned that you need to stay like 90 seconds, 90 seconds or, something. or something. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think somewhere between 90 seconds and, uh, you know, well, you know, a minute and a half or two minutes is, is ideal. But, um, you know, as you go and as you progress, it becomes a, it becomes a, a feeling thing, you know, it's like there is this other side to it where there's a, a meditation or a relaxation, you know, you've got to think that you're in a, you're in this fight or flight response when you're in the cold and your body's sort of saying, Hey, there's a, there's a, it's like a stressor. It's a, your, your body saying, Hey, there's a threat here, but during that process, and that's what, that's what we all experienced at the, the, the boot camp as well. Um, we give the people the tools so that they can calm, they can relax, they can sort of settle into it. And then there's something kind of, you know, everyone gets that goofy little grin about halfway through where they, you know, mm-hmm. that's probably the adrenaline grin. Uh, we call it a little bit. Um, but people are like, Hey, I can actually do this. It feels good too. You know, I'm not dying. I'm not, I don't feel bad. I actually feel really good. So my, my, the long way around answering your question is like, okay, if if you want the health benefits, it's probably up to about two minutes, but anything longer than that is just up to the individual, whether they, whether they want to stay there, whether it feels nice um, or then it's for other reasons. Sometimes people want to like kind of challenge themselves or take it a bit further, a bit longer. But um, I don't know. It's, you, you, I don't think that there's any force or should be any force involved when you're in the cold. And definitely if you start shivering around uh, when, once you're in the cold, especially if you're outdoors in a, in a uh, hole in the ice or in the ice bath, if you start shivering whilst you're in there, you should definitely get out because, um, you know, it might be kind of forcing the issue a little bit too much and it should really, well, it's nicer if it's a more meditative experience. Yeah, it's exactly what, like what you said. What I've noticed as well is that uh, once you get into the cold, then your first immediate reaction is to tighten up and start breathing a lot faster. And this is where like most people tend to panic and they kind of bail. But if you stay there for like 30 seconds or something, then it actually becomes very relaxing and your heart rate drops, your breathing slows down and you yeah, become like this very blissful, you, you go into this very blissful state. So uh, what's going on there? Like, are you supposed to actually, you know, wind down and start relaxing in there? Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the sort of training mechanism you could say. Um, obviously, when you're in, when, you know, it's a fight or flight response, right? It's a sympathetic branch of the nervous system which is all about go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is why it's a kind of an interesting uh, situation to train, train the nervous system and sort of like 
it's quite controllable. Like if we were to tell people, okay, we're going to train your nervous system. We're going to regulate your, you know, do some breathing techniques. Um, but we're going to jump out of a plane, <laughs> you know, yeah. do some skydiving. It's, it's like not many people would really, uh, want to do that, you know, yeah. and it's not easy, easy to do that. So, and the good thing about the nervous system is that it kind of responds the same way, whether you're in a, you know, whether you're jumping out of a plane, whether, you almost got hit by a car or something like that, or somebody scares you from around the corner. It's always the same. It's always the same response. So when people are in this state, obviously we're talking about the breathing and we're talking about kind of when people say calm the nerves, calm your nerves, take a deep breath. That's kind of part of it. But what we're saying is that we want to extend the exhale Mm. and tap into that vagus nerve, which is the 10th cranial nerve, uh, which means, of course, it comes, it ties into your brain, into your brainstem. And it's, it has a direct line into your heart. It's a sign, it has a signaling process to the heart as well and your heart rate, as well as many of the other functions in your body. And by calming the breathing and controlling the breathing, which is sort of like, as I describe, it's like a, it's one of the few processes in the body that I know where you can actually sit in the, uh, the passenger seat like many of us do because mm-hmm. we, it's an, yeah, it's an autonomous, uh, process. You know, we're breathing. We don't have to think about it. It happens by itself, but we can actually jump in the, the driver's seat and take control of that breathing. And when we do take control of it, we can actually calm it down, relax, and then everything else slows down in our body. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a and also it's a really interesting, well, we should really mention at this point as well, that the classic Wim Hof method breathing, where you see him kind of like, you usually hear him saying all the way in, letting go like this deep breathing. That is not the one that we practice whilst we're in the cold Mm -hmm. because we don't want people to sort of like, uh, you know, get dizzy or anything like that and, and sort of, you know. Yeah. go into the cold it's, it can be quite dangerous so we definitely don't want anyone to do that but the breathing technique we use when we're in the cold is all about relaxation it's all about lengthening the exhale slowing things down mm-hmm. uh, and therefore slowing uh, regulating the nervous system and calming calming the body yeah. and it becomes more, much more peaceful when we breathe like that if you want to if you want to think of it in a, in a different context just think about when how you're breathing when you're running and how you're breathing when you're walking. It's very, very different. And if you're, if, you're, if you're in an ice bath and you're breathing like you're running, it's an active state as opposed to, it. for example, if you're breathing and you're in an ice bath like you're kind of like walking or you're standing still. It's very different. The energy production is much, much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so true that the, the exhalation is uh, a lot more important to focus on because then you can then you can start to kind of control the, your response because if you get taken over by the sympathetic nervous system and you freak out, then you're going to lose the control completely. And that, that's where, you know, you just go into this uh, downward spiral, so to say. But if you're able to maintain your calmness for at least a while or try to control it as much as possible, uh, then, uh, yeah, you're going to able to kind of come out of that initial response and uh, just start start focusing on what you actually want to do, which is, uh, you know, stay in the ice bath for longer. And, you know, exactly. 
Yeah, and and that's the that's the other thing. I mean, many of us don't really think about how we're breathing until um, it's too late, so to say, or mm-hmm. or let's say the shits hit the fan kind of thing. You know, yeah. it's it's not until uh, something happens where somebody has scared you or there is a a, a shock or something like this that then of course it's a you you go into this sympathetic state and then you start breathing and breathing and breathing. And then you're kind of like, Oh, hang on a second. I'm breathing really, I can't control this. So yeah, that's why we're trying to, uh, well, the first step for anyone who's talk who wants to practice breathing is checking in with yourself, uh, half a dozen so times per day and just ask yourself, how am I breathing right now? It's called conscious breathing. So mm-hmm. it starts to get people in more in, in the, more in tune with how they're breathing and understanding that they can actually make a difference to how, how they're living their life by just breathing. And they're even saying experts are saying that six to 10 breaths in a minute is the optimal or ideal rate of breath. And that's obviously resting, not when you're in an active state. So really, really relaxed breathing, really calm breathing so that you're, you're a bit more focused, you're a bit more Zen, uh, and in control of, like you said, in control of what, what you want to do and in control of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, most people don't even, or like some people, don't pay attention to even that they're breathing through their mouth, which is a really bad habit. And it definitely has exactly. like some health, negative health outcomes. So d- nasal breathing is like the default you know, uh, way you should breathe. And it doesn't even have to be like this massive deep belly breathing either because that's going to defeat the purpose of it as well. So it's just a, like a regular calm way of breathing through the nose. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, actually, just on what you said there, I mean, there's, there's this kind of, you know, it's an age-old saying, take a deep breath. And, of course, how that looks for most people is very, very... Uh, defined upper body movement, like usually breathing through the mouth and the whole chest and upper body's moving. But actually what they mean, I think what the experts mean, and maybe the yogis have meant for all these centuries is take a deeper breath, meaning deeper down in the body. And it's been proven and everyone, most people know this, that breathing through your nose actually activates the diaphragm, which is this big muscle found just, uh, just under your sternum uh, protected by the bottom of your rib, ca- rib cage. And that's actually when you breathe in through your nose, especially it creates a negative pressure and allows the air to flow in. And then when you exhale, the diaphragm, uh, creates pressure and then allows that CO2 to be pushed out of the body. And that's kind of like how we, we're, we're instructing people to breathe, uh, because it's much more natural. It's much more efficient way to breathe. And, the, na- the nose breathing is just such an easy hack. It's one of these excellent sort of, if you want to say biohacks, because a lot of people, well, let's, again, we use a baby as an example. A baby is born breathing through its nose. So if anybody has a child, um, one of the worst night's sleep you, you'll ever have is when your poor little baby has a head cold or a little, you know, they have a congested nose. And their poor little baby cries all night and it's very, very, it's a very, very bad night's sleep for everybody. Mm-hmm. But that's because they're born nasal, nose breather or nasal breathing. Mm-hmm. And it has now been shown that it's very, very important for a baby, uh, well, for a child even, uh, to breathe through their nose as long as possible. There's studies that show that a, uh, a nasal breathing child uh, 
versus a mouth breathing child, the nasal breathing child has a higher IQ. And actually, they also have a more clearly defined jaw structure, uh, cheek and jaw structure, and also the soft palate in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So if you think about just behind your two front teeth, if you roll your tongue just up from there to the, the top of your mouth, which is the hard palate, and then you go to the back of your throat, uh, that's the soft palate. And when you're breathing through your nose, actually, what happens is it's very, very natural for your, your tongue to want to be in the roof of the mouth. So if you breathe through your nose, even just a couple of breaths now, you'll find that it feels much more natural that the tongue actually wants to be in the roof of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And why that's really important for a child is that the, the more the tongue is up there in the, in the, in the softer and, and sort of the harder part, the palate in the mouth, during those developmental years, the more defined the airway is, which means they can actually breathe. It's, it's, it sort of stays up there more <laughs> before it mm-hmm. solidifies. So that's, very, that's a really interesting finding. And, you know, even, uh, do, you know that, do you know that show, Stranger Things, it's on Netflix or something. A lot of people like that show. There's this ongoing gag in that show that where they're saying, it's almost like an insult as well. They're saying, oh, you damn mouth breather. <laughs> it's kind of like uh it's like this old school insult thing <laughs> so they're kind of calling the people stupid you know those characters right. in the show that they're saying that they're stupid because there's it sort of ties in with this uh, iq mouth versus nose thing so mm-hmm. yeah it's quite interesting yeah so uh how would you go about maybe instilling a better habit for breathing how do you make it a habit Oh, yeah, well, like the, the conscious breathing thing is the first step. So actually really checking in with yourself uh, during the day and saying, okay, how am I breathing right now? Am I breathing through my mouth, through my nose? Is my chest moving? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I breathing down into my belly? Um, how do I feel? You know, all these kind of, all these kind of little questions. But I'm, I'm kind of saying to people that they should be breathing through their nose for 23 hours of the day, mm-hmm. 23 hours of the day, which obviously means sleeping time too. Yeah. So one of the best, this is one of the only things I know where you can actually really train uh, when you're asleep. And that's actually um, retraining your, yourself how to breathe through your nose whilst you're asleep. And that requires a very, very costly uh, very technolo- te- high-tech solution for this, and that's a piece of tape <laughs> that goes over your mouth when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of slowly but surely, uh, it, it's, it's a bit, it can, be, it can be a lot for some people, but it's just that you put the tape over your mouth and calm your breathing to put the tape over and then gently fall asleep like that. And then obviously it's a much more relaxed way of breathing you can get a deeper sleep, you're calm, you can calm your nervous system. Um, and, you know, you don't have to put the tape on all the time. It's just to sort of, you know, at the start whilst you're training. Mm-hmm. And don't do, don't do that to any kids or anything like that. You'll have, it's not a good, <laughs> if you start telling all your work colleagues that you're taping all your kids' mouths shut at night, then you might find some issues with that. Right. But for yourself, uh, it's good to try that. And, um, you know, you could, you've got to work your way towards that, but it's for seven, eight, nine hours, however long you're sleeping, you can basically start retraining your body to breathe through the nose again. 
And, mm. you know, there's a lot, there's so many different benefits why we would actually breathe through our nose. Of course, um, you know, it humidifies the air. So the air coming in, if you're breathing through your mouth, you can imagine all that air going straight down into the lungs. And, you know, all the particles, uh, everything is just going straight into those bronchi and bronchioli, those branchy things inside of our lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if actually one of the best places you, or one of the best examples of this is if you think about uh, those cold mornings, if you breathe through your mouth in a cold, on a cold morning, you'll feel that cold air straight into your lungs and it feels like they're freezing up or it feels really uncomfortable. And if you're in a sauna, uh, the same thing. If you breathe that hot air straight through your mouth, it'll go into those lungs and it'll kind of burn those lungs as well. And it'll be like, oh, that doesn't feel so good. But in both of those situations, if you breathe through your nose, it, you'll, you'll find that it sort of humidifies the air, it regulates the temperature, and it's much more easier for your, for your lungs to take the air. And the star of the show is that uh, is this little molecule called uh, nitric oxide. So right up in the top of the nasal cavity, uh, once we breathe through our nose and only when we breathe through our nose, does that air spool up? It spools up like a kind of like a turbo in a car in a way. Mm -hmm. And it creates this little molecule uh, called nitric oxide. And when we breathe that down into our lungs, that actually, that's actually a vasodilator. So it opens up those, those bronchi and bronchioli. Uh, It, it, it's easier for us to breathe. Um, and it's really, really, I mean, you can treat asthma and people with different breathing disorders. Uh, this kind of, you know, nasal breathing is actually a treatment for asthma, even though it feels counterintuitive because, uh, you know, the mouth feels like a bigger hole, you'll get more air in and the nose is a smaller hole. <laughs> Maybe I can't get as much air in. That's the, that's the common thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah, only only when only when we're breathing through our nose do we get that uh, nice uh, nitric oxide, that molecule that opens up those branch branches in our lungs and makes it easier for us to breathe. Yeah, it's, it's so um, a lot of people again they can tend to freak out because of uh, taping their mouth or uh, thinking <laughs> that thinking that it's like suffocating or something like that. But it's I believe yeah. like if 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 it's like a specific uh, duct tape for the mouth taping then it has actually like a small, like a, you know, opening throughout your, through or between your lips. So it can still breathe through that, you know, you can still get some air through it to a certain extent. But yeah, the idea is that you're subconsciously conditioning yourself to uh, learn how to breathe through your nose and actually kind of forcing it. Yeah, of course. And and there's, there's some products out there that, uh, you know, you know, these people are clever out there. They have these different products and different uh, comfortable kind of tape solutions that they have a little vent in the middle. So it is a bit easier and you can kind of get a little bit of airflow through these little vents and things like that. But um, yeah, if, you, if you're a real biohacker and you want to do it, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> cheap, cheap, and, cheap and dirty kind of way, uh, if you've got some of that uh, porous tape at home, it's like that medical tape stuff, not the don't use electrical tape. So if you have a beard like me, you'll rip half your mustache <laughs> off, especially if it's Movember. Yeah. Um, but that's a good way to start. And it's actually one of the, it, it's a really, really effective uh, biohack. If you want to get, if you want to get started, it's easy enough uh, mm-hmm. to do that, but you just got to work your way up to it. And the, the, the key to getting started with that is just being really conscious of your breath just before you go to sleep, really relaxing, 
because if you if you're kind of breathing and you hop you, you know you jump into bed and your your heart rate's still up and everything like that it will feel quite restrictive if you just you know bang on that tape uh, straight away so you want to calm everything down and then when you're ready uh, you're laying down you, you hit the light just put that tape on you can even pop a little hole in the in the middle there like you said suggested a good mm -hmm. suggestion to put a little bit of uh, a vent there so you do get a little bit of airflow air just between the lips but uh, you should get you should get a really nice night's sleep you should fall asleep pretty quickly and you know, this, it, it could only be a matter of weeks before you're kind of uh, breathing through your nose kind of more naturally or that's more the default mode, which is mm -hmm. the goal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, what about uh, how do you start with uh, cold exposure? <laughs> should you just, I, I would imagine that you shouldn't just uh, jump immediately into an ice bath. No, no, that's not the, that's not the ideal way. But um, the cold shower, the cold shower, you know, um, I'm a, you, you know me, I'm a big fan of the cold showers. I, I, I often do these little uh, cold shower challenges where I, yes, I feel myself in the shower too. <laughs> uh, from, from the top half up, definitely not, uh, not it's a cold shower. I'm not going to do that. Right. Um, but um, yeah, the cold shower is just this lovely little opportunity that we have and preferably in the morning as well, because especially up, up over here in Finland and this part of the world, obviously it's a bit it's cooling down here and the, the tap water is actually really cold too. Uh, it, it's a, it's a really good uh, temperature to do the cold showers. And I'm not even saying that people need to have the whole, you don't need to start with the whole uh, shower that's cold. You can actually start warm. And then for the last 20, 30 seconds, you can actually uh, gradually go cold or you can kind of go all the way cold in one, one go mm -hmm. and uh, finish the shower, finish the shower cold. And, Trust me, you you won't need a cup of coffee after that mm -hmm. because yeah. your you know, your body will be awake. You'll have this kind of nice focus, um, and you'll feel good. You feel good that you chose a slightly more difficult way, you know, uh, to start your day. And sort of like it's kind of uh, you know people like Jocko Willink are big on you know this rudimentary sort of make your bed in the morning, which is like a tick in the box, um, you know. Yeah, maybe go outside and do some. Uh, grounding or earthing or something like that um have a you know maybe go if you have the sun we don't have so much sun over here you can kind of go and get a little bit of uh sun uh you know on the skin but or red light red light also works but then i would definitely recommend that the cold shower would be part of your uh daily routine because it's it just feels great and yeah. it also gives you this nice little mental win you know mm -hmm. gives you this like little mental tick in the box like yes i did the slightly more challenging uh version of the shower you know mm -hmm. i think that mindset thing is what people are a little bit missing it's quite easy to go again to that default mode of ah oh, it's easy it's more comfortable to have a warm shower <laughs> so and then of course as we said earlier, uh, if you start having these cold showers in the morning, you will actually start uh, producing the brown fat, which is going to end up helping uh, your ice bath when you end up going to the ice bath or go to the, the winters, you know, winter swimming or Baltic Sea. You'll end up uh, having more brown fat, which will give you a nice little energy source and it'll help make those cold exposures uh, a little easier for you as well. Hmm. Yeah, so, it's so true. And uh, like back in uh, my college, I used to I used to do like cold showers every morning 
for yep. like two, two years straight. And that <laughs> it was definitely one of those things that uh, put you into the right mindset of mind. Like I can accomplish this, you know, uncomfortable thing immediately first thing in the morning, then what else yep. can I do? Like I can literally win the day by just conquering the first fear uh, right after waking up. And it's to- totally like a mindset boost as well as, as well as well as like the fat burning boost so to say yep oh yeah it's it's often the thing that's uh it's kind of the least talked about like people are like always wondering like what's the health benefit but like getting your mind mm. in in uh, kind of getting into the zone or the flow state or whatever you want to call it that's kind of the that's kind of the thing that many of us uh, have a hard time with sometimes so uh yeah waking up in the morning and giving yourself that opportunity is like it's a very powerful thing and it can set your day in like off in the right on the right foot so to say yeah yeah and if if someone like doesn't feel like doing it with the cold immediately then they can do like the contrast showered that they Absolutely. have 30 seconds of warm and maybe like 30 seconds of cold and uh, you know swap back and forth a few times that's also like you're getting the similar benefits of the colds but you're also getting like it's it's more comfortable in a sense and i actually think would i would say that the contrast would be slightly better because like you're creating this lymph stimulation effect as if you're in a, like exactly. a sauna and going like into an ice bath so it's uh, actually better to do like contrast shower in my experience to kind of experience yes. both ends of the spectrum yeah, for sure. And of course, the, you know, if you, if you go between the two, you kind of get that lymphatic, you know, your drainage system in your body, you're allowing for those toxins to sort of like exit the body. Mm. Like you said, just like the sauna. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, the contrast shower is like a big thing too. And it gives people a little bit of a reason to have a bit of that warm in the morning as well, which some, you know, let's be honest, it feels good sometimes to have a, have a warm shower too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it feels good to do the sauna as well. So do, yeah. do, you have, do you have anything to talk about the sauna? Oh, yeah, I love, I love the sauna. I love it. Um, well, I mean, well, uh, let's say the, the most common question that has been asked uh, when we're talking about cold expo- exposure and the sauna is, is it cheating to have the sauna? <laughs> do you still get the effects? Yes, you still get the effects. You still get the you still get the effects, but um, I always like to let's just say it like this: that if you're able to train and be in the Baltic Sea or some you know doing your cold exposure outdoors or wherever, and you're you're able to know and understand that um, I don't need a sauna. I don't. I, I you know you do some small exercises. This kind of you've seen Wim Hof with these kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, martial arts kind of tai chi sort of stance and <laughs> these kind of thing just knowing that you are enough you have everything you need with you i yeah. think that's a really powerful thing as well and that of course we're talking more uh, about the mindset uh thing here as well but that's a lot of what this stuff is and that's a lot of what uh life is i suppose um if you have the right mindset and attitude for things um you can actually achieve great things and it starts with these kind of these kind of little like understanding what you have to work with in this amazing mm-hmm. body, the complex set of systems that we have. Um, so yeah, I mean this, the sauna is just lovely as well. And of course, the other question that gets asked as well is like, okay, so when should I do the cold exposure? Is it sort of like, um, okay, I'll go to the gym, I start lifting weights around, and then you know, is it a good idea to go and have the cold shower, or, or you know? hit of cold or cold ice bath after the weights or this 
um, resistance training? Um, and the answer is no. Actually, what you do want to do is go to the sauna. If you're lucky, yeah. like some of the gyms over here, a lot of the gyms over here in Finland, uh, especially, uh, they actually have saunas and you can go from training. Uh, then you go to the sauna afterwards. And mm -hmm. if you, you actually take the sauna after you will find that the human growth hormone factor and the testosterone levels in your body shoot through the roof, they mm -hmm. increase. And of course that's exactly what you want after, you know, lift, lifting weights at the gym or doing some resistance training because you want that natural inflammation to occur. You want the blood flow. Um, actually what I would recommend is if you have, uh, Around about that time, if you have some kind of, uh, you know, some people like to take these uh, branch chain amino acids or some kind of protein, some really high quality protein, not these kind of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> with all the fillers and stuff in. But if you take some sort of uh, nutrients and then you go to the sauna, you'll get that nice blood flow, human growth hormone factor will increase, testosterone levels will shoot up and actually you start the healing process already which means yeah. that you're going to get the most out of your workout because you'll recover faster, you'll recover better. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, and actually it feels really good after, after a good workout as well. So you can imagine if you have, if you go to the gym, you lift the weights and then you want to do an ice bath. Uh, you'll, you're basically preventing uh, the, your body from having that natural inflammation and you're kind of uh, prohibiting your body from recovering already. Yeah. So, that's the thing. If, of course, if you're if you're a, if you're in the world of mixed martial arts, or you do long, you know, you're a marath you're training for a marathon, or you're doing some sort of cardiovascular type um, exercise, an ice bath is really good because, of course, your joints and your you know ligaments, tendons, all the tissues like that, you probably want them to. You don't want them to have the inflammation. You want you want the opposite effect. So, an ice bath can actually be really really good after those kind of exercises. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought up that uh, taking colds after a workout isn't the best idea because it's going to yeah, prevent the adaptations from setting in. Whereas with the sauna, the sauna is still like a mild form of exercise. It uh, yes. keeps your cardiovascular or it keeps your heart rate elevated and keeps the blood flowing. So it's somewhat different from an ice bath, which is supposed to like really shut down the inflammation completely. But yeah. the, the sauna is yeah, actually... There are studies showing that it you know, promotes muscle growth, promotes uh, fat loss, and promotes like, just cardiovascular health and you know, reduces all-cause mortality by, I believe, it's like... 52% if you, go, yeah. if, you, if you go to the sauna, um, somewhere between, uh, I think it's four to six. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, yeah, like four. Related, but all-cause all -cause mortality, it falls, uh, the risk reduces by 52%. Yeah, it's like four, four, four to five times uh, a week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. So, um, you know, that's part of the that's part of the that's why it's such a uh, crazy environment up here. You know, it's uh, it really is these kind of extremes. It's like really hot, really cold. You know, these things that are kind of opening up these uh, pathways and these systems inside of our in, inside of these uh, delicate bodies that we have. You know. Mm -hmm. So you need to keep them awake. You need to keep them open. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, we talked about the saunas. We talked about the colds. Uh, what about your time as a bulletproof coach? <laughs> How did you become one, and what did you learn? Oh, mate, that was that was really fun. I mean, you know, we're so lucky up here to have um, 
such great biohacking culture up around Finland area and, you know, of course, Estonia now as well and Sweden. Um, so, you know, there was all this talk about sort of like um, this so-called bulletproof coffee and, you know, adding, adding different fats to your coffee. I was like, whoa, okay, this is, what's all this about, you know? And I never used to drink coffee before I came to Finland, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Finnish people drink four cups of coffee per day. It's, <laughs> I think it's the most on uh, per capita yeah. you know, per person per capita in the world, you know, and of course other Nordic countries and probably Estonia is up, up in the top 10 as well. So I kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of factors. It's a comfort thing. It's a, it's a, you know, it's nice to have this warm drink, but in typical biohacking um, fashion, I mean, it's like, how can you optimize that? How can you get the most out of it? And uh, for me, I, I was, I kept hearing about this bulletproof coffee. I, I, heard about this fellow called Dave Asprey and um, yeah, I really wanted to, uh, I wanted, to, and I was also quite interested in fitness and health, obviously. So I decided that I'd like to uh, go ahead and uh, train and learn about all these, all of these things. And I, I didn't really have, I, I got to admit, I, I heard about something like, I heard something called keto diet or ketogenic diet beforehand. But of course, during this, um, this course is when you're actually learning all about these different diets you're learning about, um, you know, there was some breathing things in there too. I got to say, uh, there was a lot of, lot of, it's kind of bio, looking at biohacking from a kind of like uh, a three sixty degree. It's like just everything you're doing, you're kind of looking at doing that the most optimized way. We're talking about sleep a lot, uh, the kind of fuel that you that you're feeding yourself, and and you know the food that you're putting inside your body was a huge thing. Um, and essentially what that, that course, uh, or that certification meant was actually becoming sort of a coach, mm. uh, a, a sort of like a lifestyle performance coach for people. Now I've, I've always had a kind of, uh, I've always liked that. I've always liked to be around people and I've always liked seeing people have that kind of aha moment where they, you see that they finally believe in themselves again. They actually broke through some barriers or did a personal best in something. So I've always liked that. And then to be able to do that, not just with uh, physical exercise and fitness, but actually looking at nutrition, looking at, um, you know, all these different, like, like multifaceted approach to living and health. That was the thing that kind of got me excited about it. And of course that meant that I got to go to uh, Pasadena to uh, the Bulletproof conference a few years back and actually meet Dave Asprey. And uh, you've, you've definitely been there, of course, since then. Um, and actually been on, been on his podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. That's really cool. And of course, he's, he's known as the, uh, I think he, he might have even coined the term uh, biohacking, uh, for example. So, yeah, I mean, it really, like, a really, it was, I can tell you one story about him too. The first, the first time that I, I got to meet Dave Asprey, uh, one of the first things that he said that he, uh, he actually got stem cells in his penis. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first thing and we're like, what? Hang on a second. This is really, do we, we don't have to do that too, do we? Or, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm here to learn about a ketogenic diet. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was, a, that was a, quite an intro, I've got to say. But of course, the guys are you know, he's a wealth of knowledge and he has a really successful business. And if I'm not mistaken, he was probably, I think he said that he was the first person ever to sell t-shirts on the internet. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. I, I would yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. So that was the thing. And, um, you know, there's the, the uh, nutrition and diets. That's, I mean, there's, you know, 
certain conversation being held now about the certain documentaries about uh, plant-based diets as opposed to some, you know, mm. other forms of diets. So it gets a little bit, uh, I haven't experienced the same thing with uh, ketogenic or fasting or anything like this, or these kind of diets, but it does get a little bit uh, ooh, cult, cult-like or something like this sometimes with certain diets, you know? So mm. I think uh, as always, you want to you get a macro, you want to hit your macronutrients, but then you also want to get these micronutrients. And that was one thing that I really learned from the Bulletproof training and the certification was uh, looking at different uh, superfoods um, and uh, looking at how to build a, your nutrition and your your meals in a way where you're kind of getting you're hitting both of those macro micro we're mm-hmm. so lucky up this part of the world because we have some really interesting um, you know for example uh, sort of so-called medicinal mushrooms you know we have some really good companies up up around these parts doing amazing things uh, in these areas. Um, lion's mane, mushrooms that's kind of found in, in logs out here in the Finnish forest and, of course, over there in, in Estonia as well. And, yeah, like reishi is a really nice one to have uh, in your tea just before you go to bed because it calms down the nervous system. So if you think about uh, you want to you be in this relaxed state, reishi, mushroom, uh, tea, is a nice is a nice thing to have just before you go to bed. Uh, then once you've had the tea, you can kind of put the tape on your mouth and <laughs> that you're nice and calm. Then you can kind of uh, practice your nasal breathing, and you should be able to get a nice, uh, nice restful night uh, sleep. You know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's. I also agree with the fact that you know, working with people to do these biohacks is uh, may seem somewhat uh you know it, it's it's just you know teaching people how to be better humans again and how to perform better and uh, how to yeah. kind of live uh, in this modern world and uh, survive and just thrive and get get better in everything else we do so you you have like a, a lot of um you know knowledge about these things and you definitely learned so i'm happy to do like the the uh, upcoming boot camp with you as well so it's <laughs> what are yeah, some I can't, of, wait. I can't yeah. wait man yeah yeah last last time we talked about you know we did some saunas, we did some ice baths, and I was giving some lectures about nutrition, sleep, and circadian rhythms and those things. Exactly. So uh, what are you, are you planning on doing something unique or bringing something unique to the table this time? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, when we talk about um, Wim Hof and all these things, usually people are always focused on the cold, right? They're always, can I, can I do the ice bath? Uh, is that, you know, will I you know, can I do it? Is it yeah. possible? Blah, blah, blah. But actually this kind of breathing, uh, and especially if we're going to, I think we're going to do the, the, we'll do some Wim Hof methods, uh, style breathing. Uh, this is something that really, uh, creeps up on people. You know, this is the thing that su- surprises people in the workshops and the retreats that I do because they're so focused on that ice bath that they, they didn't, they don't, maybe they overlooked a little bit the breathing. So, mm-hmm. Talking about uh, the breathing, of course, and and having people understand this uh, energy production in their body, and of course, oxygen plays a huge role in that. Um, that's one big thing. And then, of course, we'll do we'll do some sort of deep breathing where we pro- we're going to get people feeling really nice and fuzzy and you know <laughs> tingly sensations. And we might even see some people uh, drift off a little bit and get the, get a nice sort of. Uh, 
you know, for me personally, this, this uh, Wim Hof method breathing was so great because um, it was something that I'd, I didn't realize at the time, but I tried, you know, from the Bulletproof uh, certification, they're, they're saying you should practice 15 minutes of meditation in the morning or different intervals during the day. And for me, having me sit in, a, like asking me to sit in a room and not think of anything, like just sit there and clear your mind of everything. That's like, uh, you know, that's like saying, don't think of a pink elephant, you know? (laughs) So I'm sitting there and and it was very, very difficult for me to uh, clear my mind, relax. And, you know, uh, until I found this uh, different style of breathing and somehow the breathing was just my gateway into meditation. So I think for those people that are coming, uh, they're going to, they're going to enjoy the breathing a lot. And of course, you know, like there's plenty of things to talk about, you know, um, we can talk about diets, we can talk about fasting. Um, and also one thing I really love talking about is stress and how different, um, short bursts of stress. And of course, cold, cold exposure is one of those sauna is one of those, uh, fasting, uh, doing a proper 72 hour fast is an amazing little, sort of acute burst of stress that you can uh, give yourself uh, that has an amazing amount of benefits um, as yours, you've, you've covered a lot of those, especially autophagy, of course. Um, Also breath holding. We can do some breath holding things where people can experience this uh, uh, production of uh, red blood cells, this really, really valuable and healthy blood. We can kind of uh, stimulate that inside your body. Um, and I don't know, we're going to, are we going to have these guys do any uh, physical stuff there? Are we going to have them doing any, uh, last time I think you brought some of those, uh, the cool, the gear where we could do these body weight exercise mm. things as yeah. well, which people really loved. Maybe even the red light, the red light stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, definitely going to bring all my kind of toys. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the I'd, X- I'd expect nothing less, mate. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. The uh, X ray bar and the red light therapy and uh, exactly. the, 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 the PMF mats and all those things. So yeah, I highly recommend people to, if they want to like learn how to fully optimize their health and performance, then yeah, they, they should definitely consider coming to the upcoming boot camp in January. And Estonia is one of like the birthplaces of winter swimming and sauna next to Russia and Finland. So yeah, we've been, yeah. We've been buying. It's a great little, spot, great little spot, very cozy um, little spot where you get to meet, uh, like still, still talking and having great conversations with many of the participants from the last time. So you make good friendships and uh, you, the, you know, the learning is sort of like accelerated when you have such uh, unique and different people from around the world attending because there's such good questions and, you know, they challenge you and me when we're saying our things, they're asking questions and they're really interested. It's, it's perfect. It, it keeps us sharp too, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, before I ask my last question, uh, where can people learn more about you and your work? Yeah, mate. Thanks for, thanks for asking. Um, obviously my, I've got a website, it's, uh, leeyuan.com. So you can find a lot of what I do there. Um, and then also, well, actually I, you know, I'm constantly talking with people and running these different, um, you know, cold shower challenge or breath holding challenges and things like this, um, on like just through my Instagram, which is of course my name, Lee Yuan. Mm. Uh, no, no funny capital letters or anything. Just leave you and straight, straight through. So that's where people can connect with me, and uh, yeah, we can we can have some fun and talk about biohacking and all things breath, breath work related and cold exposure and whatever else. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna put all the links to the show notes and the link to the bootcamp is also gonna be there. So uh, 
my last yes. question, my, yes. my last question is, uh, what's this one piece of advice or habit you wish you started sooner? Oh, you didn't tell me you're going to ask me these kind of questions. Um, put me <laughs> on the spot like this. Um, to be really honest with you, uh, at the risk of sounding a little cliche, it's, it's actually, um, it's a little bit of this mind over matter thing, you know, it's all about sort of, if, if you believe you can do it, you know, there's a reason why these cliches exist in this world, I think, because it's been said over and over and over and over again. And people always have to preface the thing by saying it's a cliche like I just did. Mm-hmm. But if you believe if you commit to it, if you believe that you can do it, uh, then you will do it. Yeah. And it's very, it's, it's highly likely that you will achieve that thing that you're setting out to do. And I, I guess what, what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I'd have, I wish I really have truly believed that when I was a bit younger, you know, it would have been mm. really, really cool for me to really believe that rather than sort of dismiss it as some sort of, you know, only gurus or whoever, you know, these, yeah. you know, famous people that have been there and done that they say that it's easy for them to say it. they've already achieved everything you know they have all these millions of dollars and, and success and all that but actually uh it's it's really true for a lot of reasons and that's why i like all these things that we've been talking about today because these are little little pieces of the puzzle that can actually help you uh help propel you in the right direction mm-hmm. yeah that's so true achieve uh, those things yeah you you won't you won't be able to achieve things if you don't believe to you know be able to achieve them so definitely the self-belief is really critical and as we talked about in this podcast already then you know just controlling your breath controlling your stress response those things can help you to yeah like literally transform or over you know take mind over matter in a literal sense that you can change your nervous system state and uh, you can actually yeah. translate that into the same habitual responses in your everyday life as well yeah, exactly. And there's also this other, when you said, you just uh, reminded me when you said mind over matter, um, there's the other little version of that is if it don't, if you don't mind, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah. So that's usually why I'm, I'm kind of encouraging people when they're, when they're in the ice bath. Hey, if you don't mind, it don't matter. It's okay. You can yeah. do it. Yeah. That's good. Uh, well, yeah, it's been great talking with you and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the upcoming bootcamp. Yeah, thanks, Sim. It's always a pleasure, mate. And um, you know, you, you keep doing what you're doing. I, I love, I love you're putting it out there so so well, and connecting with so many people, and actually changing people's lives out there. So, I love the work that you're doing, and it's always a pleasure to chat with you, mate. And do such a cool boot camp with you as well. We had so much fun last time. So, looking forward to that amazing Estonian cuisine again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not gonna do like a fasting camp. It's gonna be <laughs> awesome food. <laughs> no. Oh, no, I want to eat that, that amazing food. Oh, goodness me, it was great. Yeah. Are, we, right. are we having that fish like last time? Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, we're probably going to do some uh, good biohacking-friendly food. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll see you around, and uh, thanks for coming. Thanks, mate. All right, that's it for this episode. I want to remind you that if you want to join the Biohacking Bootcamp, then head over to seamland.co forward slash biohackingbootcamp. And yeah, you're going to find all the details there. It's an amazing experience and definitely something that I'm looking forward to. Other than that, leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast apps. Thanks for listening. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.